Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us again this week. And I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church. And we are continuing through our series called Pilgrim's Progress. And we're studying through Peter's letters to the greater Roman Empire and many of the Christians that were just living and dispersed among uh, among those lands. And, uh, and as we're coming now into chapter, the end of chapter two, and uh, what was the title of your message on Sunday morning? How to morning? Live as Free People. How to Live as Free People. And it was quite, yeah, it seems kind of a paradox when you look at the, the passage that we're actually looking at today, the fact that it's talking about submission yeah. and what, what true freedom is. And I think that, you know, that was one of the questions you brought up. What is What does it mean to be completely and truly, truly free. And I think, you know, you, you, you defined that quite well. And if you have missed a Sunday morning sermon, definitely get over there, whitefieldschurch.com and download it and uh, learn what the true meaning of freedom is. But, um, you know, you talked a little bit on Sunday morning just about the fact that, you know, that the people that Peter's writing to, they're growing, their 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 faith is is was born into the 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 tyranny of Nero, who was who was killing them, burning them as candles, uh, you know, blamed the fire of Rome on Christians, and there was a great amount of persecution, but. You know that. How do we bring that into today? You know, as as I said to you, as uh, people read this and I think it's some miniseries on TV, they really don't connect the dots. You know, one Nero. Well, we you know we don't know Nero. He lived thousand years ago. What about what about today? How do we think about this today? I mean, I think a straight parallel would be: imagine if you were Jewish, living in Germany in Hitler's era. Because really, that's what we're dealing with. Christians living in Nero's Roman Empire were targets of persecution, death, killing, forced to recant or else pay the ultimate price. I mean, really, if you want to think about it, and people say, wow, that's really extreme. Yeah, that's why this is so surprising. When he says, honor the emperor, right? Like, you're like, wait a second. You mean the guy who is killing your friends? Yep, that's the one. Honor him. Now, as we talked about, this doesn't, doesn't mean there's not a place for godly civil disobedience on occasion. Um, but he is saying, hey, look, as long as we're in this situation, whenever we don't have to decide between God's will and Nero's will, then we're going to submit to Nero. And we're going to do it as unto the Lord, because we know that from the Lord we will receive our reward and the Lord will deal with our persecutor. Yeah, what about, you know, today with our the chaos that we're living in with our government? I mean, people have, you know, they they feel like this is the time for civil dis- disobedience because I just I disagree with the policies. These policies are leading to, you know, destruction of the environment. That's against God's will. The destruction of this, that's against God's will. Or they're taking away, you know, my weapons. That's against God's will. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that this directly applies to where we're at. Um the point is, submit to those in authority because you can't spell authority without author. And we believe that God is the author of, of authority and that um, nobody's in power except by his will. Now, that doesn't mean that those people do good. It doesn't mean that everything they do is what God wants. Um, but it does mean that they've been put in that position for a purpose. We even see that there were times in the Bible where ungodly, evil rulers were put in place in order to do something good in, in the hearts and, and minds of God's people. Um, I think here's what it comes to. We have certain rights and abilities. We, we live within a system of authority. Use those to their fullest ability, but be respectful. You know, just because you didn't vote for somebody 
Um, you know, and it goes both ways, right? Like whenever, whoever's in power, the people who don't like him, um, or her, right. Are going to, are going to, you know, feel that they don't, they're not obligated to respect that person. You know, they'll say, well, it's not my president, governor, mayor, whatever it is. Um, but clearly it's telling us to honor God is to honor those he's put in authority over us, whether it's a boss, whether it's a mayor, whether it's a police, uh, whether it is the president or whoever. What about, do you think, um, you know, some practical biblical ways that a Christian, as you talked about on Sunday morning, posture themselves, bring themselves under this authority? What are some, you know, you have the extreme of the political activist Christians that are they believe that we need to legislate morality. We need to be in government. We have to pass laws to force people to do the right thing. And then you swing that pendulum to the other side where people are like, I just want to get from day to day. I could care less what's going on. You know, what 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 are some things like the, the everyday Christian can be doing, you know, from a biblical perspective in submitting and being a part of, of the process, you know? Yeah. So we're called to be in the world, not of the world, but I do believe that we should have a transformative effect on the world. And, you know, some of these legislative things do absolutely affect um, people, right? So when we talk about different uh, laws that get passed, they, they very well could affect people. They very well could affect people's well-being. And so in those cases, we do, we should argue for, push for, fight for uh, things that are benefit to people, which align with our beliefs, you know, belief that human beings are created with dignity in the image of God and things like that. Um, furthermore, though, the, the really clear one that Paul also lays out, you got to be praying for these leaders, mm -hmm. praying for them, uh, praying for their salvation, but also just praying blessing upon them. If you consider them your enemy, then guess what you're supposed to do? Bless them, yeah. right? You're supposed to pray for them. Yeah, so uh, whether you love them or don't love them, you're called to pray for them. And you're called to, I think this is an interesting idea, this idea of, okay, look, what we do with this posture, and it's not only a posture towards those in leadership, it's also a posture that we generally take towards people, like in Philippians chapter 2, where uh, Paul says, you know, have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus, that he humbled himself, emptied himself of his rights and privileges, and uh, God lifted him up. But think about that posture of aligning yourself under somebody. Why would you do that? Why would you get underneath somebody? Well, to lift them up, as opposed to the opposite, which is you're trying to push that person down so you can stand on top of them. And in the one case, you're trying to lift them up so they can be greater, they can become what God desires them to be um, for His purposes, or you're pushing them down so that you can rise above and stand up on top of them. Well, Clearly, the Bible says, get underneath people, lift them up, do those things, have that uh, that humble spirit. Yeah, definitely. And and for those people that, you know, which is probably the majority in our country that feel helpless, you know, in, in lieu of all the things that are going around. Well, if you feel hopeless, God's given us the one thing, and that's bring, bef bring these people before the person who can, you know, God, who can take care and and do something about the situation and that's as you said lift them up lift them up bring them before our father in heaven and and i was just i was just remembering uh, an example in my own life that's something that stuck with me uh for many years and and with this whole idea of postures when i first became 
a missionary and uh, moving to Debrecen, Hungary, eastern eastern side of Hungary, and uh, and I was, you know, I just got out of the Marine Corps like three months before that, and uh, I was called to to work for somebody, a pastor there, who was younger than me, and I felt was very inexperienced at that time. You know, just got out of the Marine Corps, military. Everybody who's a civilian really at that moment was a moron, didn't know what they were doing with their lives. And so it was, it was really, really difficult. And, I, and, and not necessarily did I, you know, to his face defy him, but in my, and definitely in my heart, definitely probably in some of my mannerisms, maybe my snide remarks or, or some of that posture that you were talking about that I took. And he called me out on it and, you know, sat me down and said, hey, Mike, you know, I don't think that you respect my authority here at the church. And and I really had to agree with him. And and it was on me. It was something that I had to go before the Lord. And it was something that my father had taught me many years before. And that I had seen him model as well that, that if God has called you to some place, called you to some place, then he's called you to serve those he's put above you. And whether you like those people or not, uh, you know. Let God take care of that. You take care of your thing, you know, what God's called you to do. And so for me, it was getting back. Did God call me to be a missionary here in this little town on the eastern side of Hungary or did he not? You know, and when I realized that he did, then then I realized that God had, by his sovereignty, placed that person above my life to lead me. And that those things that I felt were lacking him, God was going to take care of them. And I didn't. I need to take care of what God had called me to do and focus. And it was, in that sense, it was freeing. It was true freedom. I didn't have to deal with having to steer the ship. I had to just deal with how to steer my life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that was, as you talked about on Sunday morning, that's true true freedom, letting that go. Like, hey, Lord's got that. He's got that taken care of. And it was a valuable lesson that I've taken with me, you know, everywhere, every person I've worked for. It's like, that's, you know, I take care of the calling, you know, and that's what I pray about. Lord, you've called me. I make that sure. This is where you called me to. And whether that was a job, whether, you know, and and I've been blessed to work with, with really, really good people. But I, it, it really has been irrelevant in that regard because as long as I take care of that calling, God takes care of the rest, you know. And I think that's very much what Peter has been talking about here. Would you say that, like, submission isn't really submission unless it's, unless it's something that you don't necessarily naturally want to do? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, if we all wanted to submit, it wouldn't be an issue that right. that Peter actually actually yeah. address. You know that we. I don't think it's in our nature to want. We all want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think most of us want to have a form of control. And I think that's what we fight with our entire lives. From the time a child realizes they have some kind of control, they're trying to wield that control, and it's a battle of wills. Mm-hmm. You know, and true submission is when we we realize that we no longer we don't have control of our lives it's just where are we pouring our you know our efforts into are we our own god or is god on the throne you know is he the true god in our lives who are we choosing to worship and when we make that decision as become christians you know that's the beginning of true true freedom not being in bondage to what you know to being bondage to the world and you know being slaves to the world mm. you know and you know what's so interesting is that Jesus modeled submission in in more than one area of his life. And if we think about Jesus, the greatest person who ever lived, um, he submitted and like 
multiple times, right? I mean, that's what Peter says there at the end. Like Jesus gave us a pattern to follow of submission uh, that leads to glory. Um, but I mean, think about that. Like Jesus submitted to his parents. Was Jesus greater than his parents? Of course. You know, because, well, I mean, ultimately, right? He's the Messiah. Jesus submitted to the Father, and yet he's equal to the Father. And yet, you know, he's like, I really don't want to do this, this, like, dying for the sins of the world thing if I don't have to. Mm -hmm. But if you tell me I have to, I'll do it. And the Father said, you have to. And he said, okay. And, um, you know, I think the fact that Jesus modeled submission... um, Really, for me, that that's encouraging. That's freeing because it says, okay, look, the greatest person who ever lived, um, he did this. And and through him, I can do it too. And it really is for my benefit. Definitely. Then there was one other question that kind of arose out of this. In, in Where is that line? You know, when people like, well, okay, I'm supposed to submit. Well, where is that line where I become, you know, just a, the Christian welcome mat and people just can do what they want and just walk all over me? When do I put up the stop sign and say, hey, no, that's enough, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, where, where's that line between being taken advantage of and standing up, so to speak, for your rights? Or, you know, that's always a question that arises when you talk about submission um, in, in this context. Hey, look, as Americans, as Westerners, we are obsessed with our rights. And, um, you know, some of that's good. You know, some of that can be really healthy because it keeps us from, you know, I don't think that God wants people to abuse other people. I don't think that God approves of that. In fact, we see that through the Old Testament, that when people were abusing other people, God said, I will stand up for the abused. So we should never encourage people to abuse people. We shouldn't create systems in which people, um, it's easy for people to abuse people. But on the other hand, um, we do see like if what we see with God and we see with Jesus is that he, he taught and modeled this like radical, like laying down of yourself, giving, you know, and, and there's an interesting thing that goes through the Bible where Paul, the apostle says in, um, first Corinthians, he's talking to Christians and they were like suing each other in court. And there's this one really phrase that just always catches my attention. He says, can you not just be offended? Like, do you have to, do you have to push the issue? Do you have to go to court? Can you just not absorb that offense and be like, this person wronged me and I'm just going to move on? Like, and and it's a really interesting thing. It's really challenging because that is not how we think. We think I need to get that person back. I need to set this right. Strong arm. Yeah. And that, and that, but that's what, that's what Peter says. Jesus entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Therefore you too entrust yourself to God. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there are places for you to say, to draw a line. And God does that, right? He says like in, uh, in Genesis, he says, he looked on the earth. There was wickedness all over the earth. And he said, my spirit will not always strive with man. In other words, there is a limit, but I think that limit's usually farther than we, we tend to mm-hmm. want it to be or tend to feel like it should be. So like in Luke 6, I'm always challenged by this. Jesus says this, these phrases in his Sermon on the Plain where he says, hey, if you are only kind to those people who are kind to you, how is that any different? Like, how is that special? Mm-hmm. If you only give to people who will give back to you, right? If you, if you do these things, that, that's not radical love. That's not radical generosity. But he says this in- interesting thing. He says, give and love and bless and show mercy, expecting nothing in return. And even if 
you know, people take advantage of that. He says that your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because the Most High is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. So I would say, is there a line? Absolutely, there must be a line. And we don't, we don't tolerate abuse. But that line of giving and generosity is usually further out than what we tend to um, feel like it should be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know a lot of, a lot of things to this passage just help you to chew on, meditate, think on. And I think what it does is just drive you to the Lord and to prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these things, there's a lot of principles that Peter lays out, but working out of those principles should be done, you know, in prayer with the Lord and, and where you find yourselves in that. So, you know, as you've gone through this episode with us, get into that study, listen to the study, and then just go before the Lord and ask him, you know, where, where you find yourself in this passage and what he needs to do in your heart and your mind and dealing with some of the principles. It's not an easy passage to deal with and you know especially in our day and age it's a difficult thing you know as as we you know the chaos that we see in in our political system and in all of that so you know the lord has a word for us and he has a word for us today as well and so we just uh find us on spotify and all those apple music apple google play and all of those fun places on uh youtube ring that bell if you like it, like it. You know, it really helps us to disseminate the content out far, uh, far and wide, so more people can be be blessed and edified by the things that we're we're dealing with and, and discussing here. And so, we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.